This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, an apologetics podcast to help equip Christians to engage the culture through biblical, critical thinking. Your hosts for this podcast are Robbie Lashua and Tyler Hurley. Robbie is pastor of apologetics at Desert Springs Community Church, as well as professor of apologetics, worldview, and ethics at Mission Bible Institute. He is a graduate of Phoenix Seminary, as well as a graduate of the Master's in Christian Apologetics program at Biola University. Tyler is currently earning his undergraduate degree in theology at Grand Canyon University and currently serves as an apologetics intern at Desert Springs Community Church. Hi, you are listening to Christ Culture and Coffee, and I am Tyler, and we have Robbie Lashua here. Hi, I'm Robbie. It's good to be back. Yeah, it's great, uh, and it's good to be back again uh, recording. I was out for a couple weeks, but it's good to be back. Uh, so we got uh, today. We have some really cool, uh, well, not cool, but like uh, uh, just some really saddening yet uh, awesome crazy story that we just heard about over the past week. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sure you probably have heard of it. For those of you who are listening, um, there was a missionary uh, by the name of John Chow who uh, went to this remote island off the coast of India, and he uh, was martyred uh, when trying to reach them with the gospel. And he ended up getting shot down by some arrows, and the news got out, and uh, the media has really run with this, and it's been a trending story uh, in the culture right now. We just uh, we wanted to just talk about it and address what happened and uh, just what Scripture says about uh, um, some of the things that John did and just uh, um, the legacy that he left behind for, through this act. So, mm-hmm. um, But before we get into that, we just wanted to share a cool coffee tip with you guys. It's something that uh, Robbie and I got to try out a little bit, actually. Yeah, we always like to start with a coffee tip yeah, here right. in Christ Culture and Coffee, and uh, we like to give people coffee mugs. We've been doing that for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so this week's coffee tip comes from... My mom. Hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is the nepotism episode where I'm giving my mom a free coffee mug. But this tip was really actually kind of cool. <laughs> yes, um, it was. It wasn't – it's not a lame one where we're just giving her a mug because she's my mom. It's actually a – it's a pretty uh, pretty interesting tip. So she sent me this – a couple of articles actually on how um, music and what you listen to can change the taste of food. Mm, yeah. Um, they, there's this whole study done by this guy uh, who was at Oxford named Charles Spence. He's a professor, and uh, he he uh, he's discovered how different foods can actually taste better, worse, depending on what kind of music you listen to. And I'm not kidding. There's like a study on if you listen to Pavarotti while you're eating chocolate mousse, it tastes better. <laughs> and there's a study on eating fish and chips while you're listening to specific Beatles songs makes it better. Um, so I I was kind of skeptical about this in regards to coffee. Coffee, yeah. But um, today, Tyler and I tried this experiment out. Yes, um, there's mm-hmm. actually a website, and we'll we'll link this. We'll, we'll put this link in the show notes. But you can go to, and you can read just a little synopsis of this idea about um, music enhancing the flavor of coffee. But then they actually have two sound clips for you to listen to while you sip coffee. And um, we got a cup of coffee, we sat down, we tasted it before, and then we tasted it as we listened to the first clip, tasted it as we listened to the second clip, and then we tasted it after Mm. with no clips again. And, well, Tyler, what did you think? Well, it it freaked me out at first, because I'm not going to lie, when when we first listened to the the, the clip that was meant 
to make it more bitter. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of thought I noticed the bitterness, but I didn't say anything at first because I wasn't sure. And the funny thing is, I didn't even know that that's what was supposed to happen. Yeah, when, you didn't know that's what the clip was supposed yeah, to yeah. do. Yeah. And so th- then I, 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 after that, when we taste, tasted it with the second one, listening to the song that was supposed to make it taste sweeter, a little more tangy and like of a taste mm-hmm. to it, um, I, I, I definitely noticed a difference. Yeah, and that's crazy. Yeah, and then when we went back to having it without the music and then back to having it bitter again and then back to sweet again, we did it multiple times and it's yep. like, we confirmed, like, I, I can tell you <laughs> for a fact that it, it does work. Like, it's it's subtle at first, but then, like, when if you keep, like, tasting it and going back and forth, you definitely notice that there's a difference. Yeah, I noticed it too. Um, I was kind of shocked at the, the change in flavor that it brings, just depending on these clips you're listening to. Yes. And so there's a whole science behind this, talking about how, like, high piercing sounds are, are kind of like sour sound, right? So mm. they enhance or detract from certain flavors. Um, really, really interesting. So the the tip for you, the, the homework we want to give you is check out this clip online and, and listen to these two sound bites and see if your coffee tastes different as you're listening to it. But also um, experiment with different songs that you enjoy mm. and, and, and try a cup of coffee listening to some different stuff and let us know what enhanced the flavor of your coffee. Let us know what made it yeah. taste worse. And uh, <laughs> if we could, we would love to have like a list of the top five songs to drink coffee yes, to. Yes, that'd be cool. That would be awesome, um, especially if mm. you have a Christ Culture and Coffee mug, yeah. which my mom now has and to be honest she's been asking can I just have a mug and I, say, I keep telling her no you got to give a coffee tip like this is not a free ride like, you've got to give us something so mom congratulations on uh winning this week's Christ culture and coffee mug I'll bring it uh over uh or you can pick it up on Sunday I guess when you come to our house or something but yeah good Sweet. job mom. that's awesome yeah pretty yeah, cool congratulations so, please go check that out and uh, let us know what songs you enjoy your coffee too yes and plus for uh, coffee owners out there who, who i mean coffee shop owners who might be listening to our podcast yeah. and they hear this and they're like hey i gotta play some of these songs in my coffee shop now. something like, to think that, about right yeah get you know it's 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 interesting especially that this actually works it that's really is yeah thing, so it'd be cool to open a coffee shop that just was all into the science and you only played songs that enhanced the the coffee or you only every day of the week you served a different roast which had wow, music yeah. accompanying it like what you could if, go nuts with this what if we just opened up our own coffee shop and we oh we, man and all yeah. we did was just apply all the tips that we've gotten we're just over this we're oh, like wow it's a christ culture and coffee that. shop yeah yeah i mean think about it we do everything we'll end up uh we'll uh, um we'll in, we'll have couches or maybe beds out yeah. there too for people to take coffee naps we can Remember record that the tip. podcast there every yeah, we week record the podcast there and heck we can take our old grounds and bring them outside to use them as gardening tool yeah like, that's right yeah fertilizer. we can yep. work out and drink a shot of espresso before we work out yeah have a gym in there all of it yeah. in this one coffee shop that'd be great i'm Price in culture and coffee if any tips. of you out there are businessmen and you would like to donate uh, <laughs> funds and an entire coffee shop to us we are ready to go so thank you for that tyler that'd yeah be, that'd sweet. be cool well, yeah, today's topic um, about John Chow, man, this is a this has been a big story all across national news. A um, lot of stuff to talk about, but just kind of the the basic story was that this this twenty six year old um, graduate of Oral Roberts University, uh, John Chow, he really had from everything I've read, he just had a heart for the Lord. Mm-hmm. He had a heart to reach people and to go to the lost. Um, and uh, he he went out and he was reaching out to this remote island called North Sentinel, uh, which is in the – it's off the coast. It's way off the coast of India. It's actually closer to Malaysia. 
than it is to India. And there's this really remote mm. tribe on there that's had hardly any contact with the outside world, um, really hostile anytime anybody has approached that island. Um, but he just had a heart for these people, and he he's right. They need to know Jesus. And so he had been uh, trying to get out there. Even I read a couple stories about how for a few years people had been talking about that he was planning on going to North Sentinel to reach out to these people. Yes. And um, he hired some local fishermen who would take him out there um, illegally because the Indian government had sanctioned that people couldn't go out there. Right, right. So he got these – he paid these these, uh, fishermen to take him out there. And uh, they went out, and um, uh, he he took his kayak with him, and he'd kind of kayak in. And um, the first time he went in, uh, he was, like, giving them fish, and he said he got really close to them. And um, actually, like a little kid, he said, like a kid who looked like he was 10, uh, threw a spear, shot an arrow at him, and it actually hit his Bible. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he got back in his kayak and and paddled back. Actually, I think he might not have gotten the kayak. I think maybe they wrecked the kayak and he swam back. Oh, yeah. Something like that. Either way, I know he went back, yeah. He went back. And and the reason we know all of this info is because he'd been writing letters and leaving it on the boat with the fishermen. Yeah. And so um, he wrote a letter on November 16th um, to his parents, which, which we'll read. But um, that was the last, the last letter he'd written. And then he, he went back to the island, and um, the, uh, the fishermen really didn't know what became of him. Because uh, yeah, he, he, he didn't, come, he didn't come, back. come back and he disappeared. Yeah, but then the next day, the fishermen said that they saw the tribesman dragging his body uh, and, and burying it. Mm-hmm. And so they, that's when they knew he'd been killed. Yeah. Um, so a lot to talk about. I, I want to read this letter, this last letter that he wrote. I have the, a photocopy of it. His, uh, his family has made these available. Um, what it says is uh, it's, it's to his mom and dad. And it says, uh, quote, you guys might think I'm crazy in all this, but I think it's worth it to declare Jesus to these people. Please do not be angry at them or at God if I get killed. Rather, please live your lives in obedience to whatever he has called you to, and I'll see you again when you pass through the veil. This is not a pointless thing. The eternal lives of this tribe is at hand, and I can't wait to see them around the throne of God, worshiping in their own language, as Revelation 7, 9 through 10 states. Mm. I love you all, and I pray none of you love anything in this world more than Jesus Christ. Sola Dea Gloria, John Chow, right? which means uh, Sola Dea Gloria means um, for the glory to God alone. Glory yeah. to God alone. Right. Um, that is a phenomenal last letter. Yeah. To write. That's Do you super hear his cool. heart behind this stuff saying, I want these people with this language that we don't know around the throne of God proclaiming? His truth and worshiping Him, I man, what a crazy, crazy um, testimony John mm, has had, right? right? Don't be angry if I get killed, which he did, right? Yeah, this guy, I mean, what an amazing! I I, I don't know, I don't know if I have that type of uh, obedience in me. I don't do know that, if I yeah. have that type of love for people in me, um, but John did. And um, it's kind of cryptic because what, what he writes in this letter actually came to be. Um, I have another letter here yes. that's from his family. They posted this on their Instagram account. Um, and I think that this is really an interesting and gracious um, uh, letter that they wrote. Uh, listen to what, what John Chow's family mm-hmm. said. 
They said, we recently learned from an unconfirmed report that John Allen Chow was reported killed in India while reaching out to members of the Sentinelese tribe in the Andaman Islands. Words cannot express the sadness we've experienced about this report. He was a beloved son, brother, uncle, and best friend to us. To others, he was a Christian missionary, a wilderness EMT, an international soccer coach, and a mountaineer. He loved God, life, helping those in need, and had nothing but love for the Sentinelese people. We forgive those reportedly responsible for his death. We also ask for the release of those friends he had in the Adaman Islands. He ventured out on his own free will, and his local contacts need not be persecuted for his own actions. As a family, we ask for your understanding and respect for him and us during this time. Thank you, the Chow family. So his his family is doing what he asked them to do. Don't be mad if I get killed, right? Don't be sad. I'll yeah. see you again. Mm-hmm. And Tyler, this is an amazing thing because as Christians, we don't live for this world. We have mm, hope right. in a better day that's coming, right? And so we're, we're here. We're on mission. This isn't our home. We're citizens of heaven. But we do have a job to do. Uh, Jesus is clear on that. But I just think what, what John Chow did is, is worth um, emulating. I think it's worth um, um, appreciating. I think he's yeah. a great example of what it is it's to so be a follower cool of Jesus. That. And then uh, not only that, too, but you got to think like of the reflection of Christ that he had. He even he even said before he died, like like didn't Jesus kind of didn't he say some of the same words that Jesus said right before he died? Yeah, he said, "Forgive them." Because they don't know, they what, don't they're know doing. what they're doing, yeah. right? Father, That's... forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And then you know what's crazy? Yeah, is similar thing that Stephen says when he's stoned in Acts, right? Mm. Forgive them. They don't know. Right. Interestingly enough, Jesus' brother James, in um, in some of the church history we have, he says the same thing. Forgive wow. them. They don't know yeah. what they're doing. So this seems to be a theme of. I mean, what what other religion has something like that? <laughs> yeah, I think like what other religion says. I mean, G- Jesus really. Nothing I mean, like he that, literally yeah. says that we were to Forgive love people, our yeah. enemies, right? Mm. Love your enemies. I, I that is such a crazy idea. But why? Why are we called to do that? Well, because Jesus did it first, right? He yeah. loved his enemies. I mean, me and you, we were his enemies, right? Yeah, <laughs> he loved us and was willing to sacrifice his life for his enemies. And that's what he calls us to do. I think that it's just awesome. Um, in Luke 6, 27, 28, this is what Jesus says, I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. Mm. John Chow did that. Yeah. Yep, and he's calling, and his family's now doing that, right? We forgive the people who killed him. Yeah, we don't want crazy. his fisherman friends held responsible for this. He did this on his own, um, and I, I'm reminded even of of how remember a few years ago when a gunman went into an Amish school mm. and shot a bunch of kids. Yeah, and the Amish responded with, "We forgive them." This is the call that Jesus has has asked of all of us. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you, right? Pray mm. for those who mistreat you. Do good to those who hate you. I mean, do good to those who hate you. And it's interesting to me because Chow went back to the island multiple times. It wasn't like Even the first after time he was he already almost killed. Yeah, yeah. He knew the danger, but mm-hmm. it was worth it to share Jesus with these people. Yeah, and that was another thing that was really fascinating that I found in uh, some of the letters that he wrote. Because uh, he had multiple. We, we only read, like, the main one that's being Yeah, featured, there's but, a lot that, that came out. Yeah, he wrote, he wrote tons of stuff, like, about his thought process. But one of the mm-hmm. things that I read that he said, said about this whole thing is he said, 
I don't care if I die because if, uh, but my main concern with death is who will replace me after I'm gone. Yeah. That was his main concern. His, his, he wasn't caring about himself. He was, no. he, he was totally focused on these people just being able to be reached. Yep. And that's, that's so and, fascinating. And that's, that's the heart of Jesus, right? Yeah. I mean, you think about what Jesus did in coming here, the second person of the Trinity, the eternal God, the maker of all things, becomes a human, takes on his creation, right? Lives right. as one of us, which is ultimate humility, right? Mm-hmm. To, to live as your own creation. And says things like, I didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. I'm mm-hmm. the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep, right? That, that, was, that was the heart of Jesus. And that's exactly that we heart, the, the heart we see in John's missionary attempts to, yes. to these people. Mm-hmm. Amazing. That's what we've been called to. That's what we're to emulate. Um, to, to, the love, to love other people enough to be able to put ourselves in harm's way. It's amazing. And the truth of it is, Tyler, a lot of people that I know, in- including myself, um, don't love people enough to feel embarrassed, <laughs> to yeah. share the gospel, to, to be intentional about reaching out. Um, Gosh, isn't, that, isn't that crazy? Isn't and this it, guy was willing to really, yeah, literally thinking, risk his life. Yeah, I'm thinking, isn't that convicting, too, just to think that, like, mm-hmm. like, like he, he didn't care that it was illegal to do this or that yeah. he could die. Like, literally, the world was against this yeah the idea of him going there whereas like right like like here in the states like it's easy like we can walk up to our na- next door neighbor and s- have a conversation with yeah, them. yeah no he, threat yeah yeah and no threat or anything but he he had the, and it's convicting to me i'm guilty of this i don't i don't i'm not that good at this this is something i work on all the time and it's just crazy thinking when you see and hear of stories like this of people that uh, are so driven with like the passion for the gospel that they're mm-hmm. willing to throw everything away just to reach one person, one people group, or like one group. Yep. Like it just—it's phenomenal. It is phenomenal, and I—I I can't help but you know make parallels with. The, I mean, this guy really emulated Jesus because. Yes. Okay, so Jesus came here and he died in our place for us. He risked his life for our well-being. Right. He sacrificed himself. He says, "No one takes my life from me. I lay it down." Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing this because I love other people. I love you. In in Romans five ten. Paul says, for while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. It wasn't, oh, we cleaned up our act and we got along with him. We were hostile. We were enemies. We had cosmic crime against God. And it was in that state, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And interestingly, Jesus was tried as a criminal, which means you're breaking the law, sir. Mm, yeah. Jesus was willing to uh, to have people think he was breaking the law in order to save others, yeah. and it's kind of what John did, right? I, I we were talking with with a with a lady earlier, and she was asking about what we thought about him breaking the law because this island is kind of off limits. The Indian government has yeah, sanctioned right, it, right. And so we don't go there, uh, and there's some reasoning behind it. Um, but so as Christians, what does that look like when, you know, so was it right for him to break the law? And I think both of us agreed, yes, absolutely. To reach people for yes. Jesus, mm-hmm. breaking the law is okay. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, we were talking about it earlier, too. Like, we we do this already. Like, missionaries break the law in so many different countries. Oh, in the Middle East, they're smuggling in yeah, Bibles. Yeah. The, yeah. The, they're, just because the government is trying to keep us from reaching people for the gospel yep. does not mean that 
we should just be passive and like let them go unreached. No, it's, there's yeah. a higher law for the Christian. Yeah, right. It's I follow what King Jesus says to do. Yeah, I don't. I, and and again, that doesn't mean oh, just break any law you want. We're oh, of not course. Saying that. Yeah, it's not but like just when be, it comes down yeah. to. Am I going to preach the gospel? Am I going to disciple people like Jesus told me to? Or do I obey the government in communist China, yeah. right? Or back in the day in communist Russia and the USSR? No, I'm sorry. We don't bend the knee to that. We serve Jesus. And this is what he's called us to do. This is the mission, right? Uh, in Matthew 28, 19 through 20, I want to read mm-hmm. that. I mean, I, I think our listeners are familiar with this, but this is the Great Commission. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Yeah. And John took that seriously. They're, they're, these are a, a people group. This is a, a group, a nation of people that haven't been reached yet. And he wanted to go reach them with the gospel. Yeah. I know his intention was to eventually see them baptized right. and to disciple them to know and love Jesus. That's the goal. Yeah. And you know what the beauty of this is? Mm. As he was as he was shot with arrows to death on that beach, Jesus was with him. Yeah. Right. The promise of Jesus that I'm with you always, even to the end. He was there. Yeah. And um, Jesus being with us doesn't mean life's easy. It doesn't mean problems never occur, but it means Jesus is with us. Yeah, and as our conquering king, the one who took, as 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 Paul says in Romans fifteen, the sting of death has been removed. Yeah, right. Death, where's your power anymore? You lost. Yeah, you've lost. You don't have any power over us. Christians should be the people who fear death the least, right? Because we know how it's going to end. We have a hope for a better day, and that's what John did as he lived his life. And you got to think of his mentality too. I, I I can tell by based on what happened and what he did and what he wrote in his letters. That he he wasn't concerned with his current life here on earth. He knew, mm-hmm. hey, like my life is meaningless for uh, here on earth for me to use it as a tool to evangelize to these pe- yes. people for, to save them for eternity. Like that's that's the thing. He was thinking the big picture. He was yep. John was thinking, let me give give my life in the hopes that these people might. Just even the possibility of them maybe getting to know who Jesus is, so that way yep. they have a shot at eternity, and that's that's his goal. Like that's he just wanted to love these people, and he was willing to give his life for that. Like he saw the bigger picture. Yep, he understood the call of Christianity, and yeah, that, yeah it isn't just about today. Our hope's not just on this no, life. Yeah. I mean, it's so short sighted, right? Of course. Yeah. And man, the, he's in a long line of Christian martyrs. This is nothing new, right? Christians were being martyred right. in the arena, uh, in the Colosseum, mm-hmm. right? They were covered. Um, we have reports of Nero covering Christians in uh, tree sap and lighting them on fire to be torches mm-hmm. at his dinner party. Um, and Christians continued to preach the gospel. And Christians continued to go to the whole world. I just think about the, the disciples um, who, who were commanded by Jesus to go into the nations, right, and preach mm-hmm. the gospel. And you think about how crazy it is because um, within their lifetime, they'd gotten to most of the Mediterranean world. Right? Yeah. I mean, it had gone down into Ethiopia with the Ethiopian eunuch who Philip the Evangelist had talked to. So it's getting down that way. Uh, you have Paul uh, going up into Europe, right? Italy, Peter moves the, to Rome. John Mark's up in Rome. Barnabas was up in like the Turkey area. They'd evangelized all that over in Macedonia and in Ephesus, uh, parts of the Middle East. Um, Thomas, church history tells us, went to India. Uh, and Paul was planning on going to Spain, which was the end of the known world to them. 
And so in their lifetime, they're like, okay, we can do this. And we're continuing to do that today. And Paul had his head chopped off for preaching Jesus. And Peter was crucified upside down for preaching Jesus. And Jesus' brother James was pushed off the temple and then stoned and clubbed to death for believing his brother was God. And John Chow was shot to death with arrows because he wanted to reach people with the truth that Jesus is God and loves them and can save them. It's amazing. Yeah. He's in a long line. Uh, he's in great company is what I'm trying to say. Right? Absolutely, yes. And, and this, gets into, so cool. this gets into the piece of it that um, Christianity is not safe. Yeah. Living the Christian life is not safe, right? We have a God who... who uh, who um who who tells us you know yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I'll fear no evil why because you are with me because you're with me mm-hmm. now think about that not I will give you a helicopter to get you over the valley I'll build a bridge of nice prosperity and easiness over the valley right way out yeah. no he doesn't say that he says even though you're gonna walk through death yeah I'll be with you. Right? Same thing Jesus said. I'm with you always, even at the end of the age. That's the truth. God's with us through the darkness, through the hard, through the danger. Uh, and that, um, that should embolden us. And it definitely emboldened John Chow. Mm. So Christianity is not safe. Following Jesus is not safe. It's not going to make your life easy. Um, it'll make it better because having the Lord in your life is better. But it doesn't mean it's going to make it easy. Yeah. It's going to be hard, and it's definitely not safe. Sometimes people say, you know, there's that, what's that phrase? Um, being in the will of God is the safest place to be. Mm. Not necessarily. Yeah. It's, it's the best place to it be. It is the best place but to be. But it's not even, the safest. Yeah. What are you talking about? Like, yeah. and, and, but, but do you think safety should be our concern as Christians? Is that what we're, we're seeking? Well, no, because the thing is, is that's something that's finite. That's something that's temporary. Like, like yeah. this life, this body is temporary. What mm-hmm. like it's literally gonna it's gonna be so irre- irrelevant when we're in eternity. The, yeah. Like what happens to us here in this life. I mean, in, in the aspect of like what happens to us physically is like what I mean by irrelevance is more like uh, just the idea of like what happens to our bodies. It's just yeah. what we do for Christ is what matters. Yes. Yeah. Not being safe. Yes. It's really exactly. interesting because th- doesn't safety imply there's sin around us we got to protect ourselves from? Yeah. And that's what it is, right? Like, why do I lock my doors at night? Why do I have a home security system? Yeah. Why, you know, why do we have this stuff? Because it's not safe out there. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> people do bad things to me. <laughs> yeah, and then the other thing to think about with that, too, is even, like, we're the cause of that, too. Yeah, we perpetrate that as well. Yeah. We're the victim and we're the perpetrator. Yeah. Yep. It's it's so crazy. It is like, crazy. Yeah. But But what we're looking for, what our hope is in, is where our true citizenship is. With yeah. Jesus, where one day, I'm sorry, but home security system business is gone because <laughs> you're not going to need it. You're not going to need locks in your door. Are you going to need doors? You know what I'm yeah. saying? In eternity, like like we're going to the like like it talks about in Hebrews. You know the 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 city that Abraham looked forward to, whose architect and builder was God. Because <laughs> he, here we have no lasting city, right? We're looking for that. That's what we're seeking. That's what we're going for. And we're trying to get as many people to understand that's what's real as possible. Mm. And again, that's what John did. So Christianity is not safe. I'm reminded, um, I think it's in the line, though, it's in the wardrobe in, mm. the, in the book CS, by C.S. Lewis, uh, where um, I think Lucy, they're talking, they meet Mr. Beaver. 
And yeah, yeah. he's talking about Aslan. And they're like, we don't know who, who's Aslan, right? And he just explains, you know, he's the king. He's the rightful heir. Uh, and he's going to come back. And Aslan's kind of like a Jesus figure yeah. in the books. And um, I think Lucy, it, it's one of, the, one of the girls, asks him, is he safe? You know, is the lion safe? Mm-hmm. And Mr. Beaver laughs at her. And he says, safe? Of course he's not safe, but he's good. Yeah. And I think as Christians, we need to think about that more. He's not safe, but he's good. Yeah. Safety, it really is not a big concern um, for eternity. Like you're saying, if we're going to we're if Yeah, we're like be, you don't really die. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And, and, if, and if, if what we have coming is better than this, I want to reach people with who Jesus is. Mm. This story, we were talking about how it reminds us so much yeah. of Jim Elliott. Yes. And, and mm-hmm. his missionary venture. Um, if, if you're not familiar with that, there's a really great movie. It's called End of Spear. And it's a movie they created about Jim Elliott's story. But again, a similar thing happened to Jim Elliott. Him and his friends were trying to reach out to the Aka Indians uh, down in Ecuador. Uh, and it was in the 50s that they were down there. They made some contact with, with some guys. You know, They couldn't speak the yeah. language. But then they went back. They planned to go back. They flew back into the sandbar. And what had happened is one of the tribesmen lied about the missionaries, and uh, there was a group of 10 of these uh, Aka Indians, and they ambushed Jim and his friends. They killed them mm. uh, on the beach uh, on, on the sandbar that day uh, in 1956. And um, the, the crazy thing is, again, their love for these people they didn't know right? Because Jesus has called us to go love our neighbors, love our enemies. And um, after their death, actually, Jim's wife and and daughter and some of the other guys' wives, they stayed in the area. They actually moved into the Aka village, and a ton of these uh, uh, natives became Christians because of seeing how the men who who we killed, their wives— love us enough to share truth with us. Yeah. That blows my mind, right? So I love that story. And, and what I'm hoping is that what happened with, with John Chow will be that type of a story, right? That somebody will go back in and that the, 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 the Sentinelese people will see that, man, even, even after we kill these people, they care about us. And they keep right? coming, yeah, or like they keep, yeah, yeah. trying. Like, I mean, like they, they had to think about that too. It's like, hey, we shot at him. He left. He came back. Yep. Like that's got to mean something to them in itself. Like it has to. Yeah. Yep. It has to. I'm I'm completely with you on that. The question that I've been thinking about is, what if this story doesn't turn out like that? Mm. Right. Well, because man, it'd be great if there's a happy ending and we could yeah. on this side of eternity see purpose in this and what seems senseless. This 26 year old guy, he had his whole future in front of him. Could have done so much for the Lord. Cut short. Um. But but what if what if we don't have the happy ending, right? Yeah, what right. what happens like what happens if if we don't see how this horrible situation is turned into a good situation? And I was thinking about it, and even if it doesn't happen, um, John obeyed Jesus. He did, mm-hmm. and that's notable, and that's um, honorable, and yeah. that's worth emulating. And so again, this just reminded me, Tyler. Like I'm not called to have success. I'm called to be obedient. Yeah. Right? That's that's so true. It's so hard, mm. though, to keep that focus. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, because we all want to be successful, and right? And you want the tangible numbers of like, hey, this, this is how many people we reached with yeah. this ministry. And yeah. And, yeah. oh, what I'm doing is worthwhile. I feel like I'm being used. 
Whereas, mm. man, the master told you to do something, so just do it. Yeah. I think it's really interesting in, in, in John 14, 15. So um, in John, John 13 through 17 is, is the last instructions Jesus gives to his disciples before mm-hmm. he's killed the next day, right? So think about this. Before Jesus is martyred, right, um, for, for teaching he's God, <laughs> mm-hmm. he tells his disciples uh, these, these last words in these chapters. And in, in John 14, 15, he says, If you love me, keep my commandments. The way we can show Jesus we love him is to obey him. Yeah. And John showed Jesus that he loved him through obeying what he called him to do, even when it wasn't safe. Yeah. Even when there's, there hasn't been success. And, you know, that was something I was thinking about, too. When, um, so so uh, just something I was going to mention, too, like that's related to this yeah. is that um, a lot of people – have been saying uh, stuff or asking questions of like, did he have to die? Did he have to like go into this, like into a scenario that got him killed? Yeah. Well, if you think about it, didn't Jesus's friends say the same thing, same thing to him? Like, mm-hmm. why are you, why are you like, like literally you could turn this around and think of the same thing that Jesus went through. And it's like, he could have ran away from the cross and like, like from what he knew was coming to him, but yeah. he did what he did by obedience to the father. Yep. But, yep, yeah, he obeyed God. Exactly. Like when he tells the disciples what's going to happen, Peter takes him aside and says he rebukes him. Yes. Lord, what yes. are you talking about? Yeah, like, right? no, this can't happen. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, get behind me, Satan. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. I, but And then Jesus even, I love that he mentions, you know, we said earlier, no one takes my life from me. I'm, yeah. laying, I'm laying it down because I'm exactly. obeying my father, right? Yeah, it's about legion, obedience. Yes. That's what it is. And a legion of angels could have come mm-hmm. and taken Jesus off that cross. He didn't have to do that, but he willingly obeyed and through that changed the world. Yeah. He changed our existence. He enabled salvation and reconciliation to happen with God. I mean, so so sometimes and I, you're right. I, I heard on Twitter that a lot of people are blasting this guy saying he was an idiot. Why would you go in there? Mm-hmm. Isn't there a smarter strategy you could have done and um, yeah, maybe there was, yeah. um, but but I want to reach people with Jesus, right? Yeah, uh, it's not it's not about and and again, my, it seems like their mo is you should have protected yourself and kept safe, where safety's not really the the Christian call. Yeah, it's not at all <laughs> the Christian call, and so I think some of these people, whether they're believers or not, are real short sighted and they, yeah, they just don't right. understand. No, we we go and it's risky. And uh, that's okay, even to the point of death, because death has no victory over us. Mm. I think it's pretty awesome. Yeah. I've also been thinking about how um, um, there are rewards promised to martyrs yes. in the New mm. Testament. And I could not – when I heard about this, I was reading about this story over Thanksgiving, and I couldn't help but think two things. Um, the first thought that came to my mind was, well done, John. I, I've never met this guy. You know, I don't, I don't know him or his family. But he's a brother in Christ, and I was proud of him. And I thought, you did it. Yeah. Like, you did, you did a good job, bro. Like, that's awesome. I was, like, super proud of him. And yeah. then I thought about these rewards passages for martyrs. Uh, and there's a couple that, that come to mind. In, in Revelation, uh, in the seven letters to the churches, uh, Jesus says some interesting things to the church of Smyrna. Um, I think that this is this is one of the crazier portions of these seven <laughs> letters to the churches. Uh, in, in Revelation 2.10, Jesus says, Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Could you imagine hearing that, first of all? Jesus says, Hey, Tyler, don't be afraid of the suffering that's coming tomorrow. 
Yeah. You'd be like, what? <laughs> but again, is that safe? Yeah. Oh, it's, no, it's not. It's not, not it's safe not. at all, right? But I, I, I just, I'm amazed that Jesus says this to them. Do not fear what you're about to suffer. <laughs> then, then he goes on. Behold, the devil is about to cast some of you into prison so that you will be tested. Okay, you hear that and you go, okay, I can, I can be tested in prison. No big deal. But then he goes on. And he says, and you will have tribulation for 10 days. Okay, I can do anything for 10 days, right? Like I could not eat for 10 days. I could be tortured. for. I can do 10 days. Okay, Jesus, I'm in. Then he says, be faithful until death. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, okay, so don't be afraid of what you're about to suffer. Be faithful. Prison for 10 days, and you're going to die after 10 days. That is intense. That is not safe. But that's obeying Jesus. Mm -hmm. And this is what I think is interesting is after he tells them this, he says, be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life. For martyrs, there is the reward of the crown of life. It's not something that everybody gets in heaven. It's something that signifies the life that they lived here on earth. John Chow is going to get the crown of life in heaven at the beaming seat of Jesus. Ah, And I hope I get to see that. Yeah, I want to applaud him. I want to say, bro, you deserve it. Good yeah. job. That's amazing. Um, so I think that passage, that's just super encouraging to me, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, another passage that we hear about martyrs <clears throat> getting something significant, which shouldn't they, Tyler? Yeah. Shouldn't martyrs get yeah, something for, uh, that for maybe the rest of us sacrifice everything that they had like tangibly. I mean, come on. Yeah. yeah. I think all of us would agree. Yeah, they should get a little extra yeah. in heaven. <laughs> like it makes sense. Uh, but in Revelation 6, 9 through 11, listen to this passage. It says, when the lamb broke the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and because of the testimony which they had maintained. So that would be martyrs. Yeah. Yeah. He goes on in verse 10. And they cried out with a loud voice saying, how long, O Lord, holy and true, will you refrain from judging and avenging our blood on those who dwell on earth? And there was given to each of them a white robe. And they were told that they should rest for a little while longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who were to be killed, even as they had been, would be completed also. So interesting. There's these martyrs in heaven saying, when are you going to avenge us? And they're given a white robe. They're given this special thing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say everybody gets it. These martyrs get it. And then they're told um, everybody who's going to be martyred hasn't been martyred yet. So we got to wait for all of them. And then I'll avenge you. That's what it's saying, right? Yeah. So I think it's cool because vengeance is mine, says the Lord, and he means it. He's going to make things right. He's going to judge justly. But he also understands that people who live faithfully and do different things for him should be rewarded differently. And martyrs should be given something extra. Yeah, of course. I think that's awesome. So I'm, I'm excited to see John Chow receive these things. Yeah, that's so cool. It is cool. Uh, I'm proud of him. Yeah, I'm really proud of him. I'm proud of his family for their response to yeah. uh, this whole this whole mess. I can't imagine how heartbroken they must be, um, but I hope they're also really proud. Yeah, and I, th- I think they are. I, I think, think they are. I think they are too. Yeah, it just seems like they just they really. By the way, they talked about him in his le- in the letter and uh, the the encouraging uh, thoughts that they had, uh, like the positive outlook that they had. It seemed on this, uh, just like I mean, in the sense of like. Uh, of him, like of him, literally going out and doing what God called him to. Yeah, uh, that's just it's crazy to see just the life that he lived and that that's what he. I mean, it's just exciting just seeing like 
literally, I mean, it's going to be exciting seeing, seeing literally one day in heaven what's going to become of this, like, and how yeah. he's celebrated for doing this and all the other martyrs who went through something similar. It's, it's just, so true. Yeah. One thing I've thought about as well is, like, because, <clears throat> you know, there's been some, – some people are saying that the Indian government had um, – sanctioned this island that you couldn't go to because these people had been so isolated that diseases that don't exist among them would be brought in from outsiders, which I agree with. And we've seen that happen in history where diseases come from Europe to to America and wipes out a whole ton of people because they don't even have the antibodies or um, the immunity to fight them. Um, So I think that that's probably true. But it's really interesting is that people are really upset, like, oh, he could have brought disease to these people. He could have done this. But he, he again. I, I don't think we should just bring disease to people, right? Don't don't hear yeah, me say of that. Course. But w- is is their physical life more important, or or their eternal life more important? Yeah. Right. I mean, come on. Like where they're going to spend eternity is way more significant than them getting a disease here. So it's it's kind of an interesting thought. John didn't regard his life as more important than sharing Jesus, right? Mm. And even yeah. being willing to. Um, you know, not intentionally, but it's it's better to bring eternal life to people than to worry about, well, let's let them go to hell forever so we don't kill them with a disease here. Yeah. Again, just really short-sighted, right? Now, I understand people who aren't Christians thinking like that. Yeah. Um, but they got to understand that our worldview is, is very different mm-hmm. than that. Do you remember that um, crazy. a while ago there was that video by Penn Jillette, the magician? Do you remember oh, that? Oh, yes. Yes, what he said about uh, – uh, we might have actually even talked about it in another podcast before. Yeah, we might um, have. Where he, uh, he he came and he said that uh, someone talked to him and shared the gospel with him after a concert, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, they did a show and then a guy gave him a Bible. A show, yeah. And then the, the thing in the video – because Pendulet's an atheist. Yeah. But right. he said, this guy shared with me and he was just so genuine and I could tell he really believed Jesus and wanted me to believe Jesus. And then he said, how much do you have to hate somebody not to share truth with them? Yeah. Uh, and again, he, he's still an atheist. He doesn't believe in Jesus. But he was saying this guy, if he really believes that, he should be telling people. He should be proselytizing people, right? Mm-hmm. And so in order for us to, to say, well, you know, I don't want to make my friends feel uncomfortable. How much do you have to hate somebody not to share the truth of eternity yeah. with them? Because you don't want to feel uncomfortable? Nah, that's a cop-out. Because you don't want to bring a disease, that I mean, that's a cop out. Yeah. Right. And so I, I just think our worldview says, yeah, like eternity's on the line here, and this is real for all people. It doesn't matter if they believe it or mm-hmm. not. It's true, and we've got to take the good news of the gospel of Jesus to people. So I'd encourage our listeners, if there's people in your life, the holidays coming up especially, you have opportunity to talk to them about truth. It may it may make dinner on Christmas a little awkward. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> I mean, right? Yeah. Um, uh, wh- what other time do you have where you can where you can spend it with people and uh, and and share truth like this and, and share your heart and let them know that you love them? So uh, I w- I really would encourage you be intentional about loving people and sharing truth with them and showing them who Jesus is through your words, but also through your demeanor, your character, your actions, through yeah. everything. Yeah, and that's 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 exactly what we hope this podcast did is that it was just encouraging and then um uh, but also we wanted to just uh. Uh, one last thing before we uh, wrap it up, we just mm-hmm. wanted to share this uh, this quote that we have by Jim Elliot. That's uh, r- really, really, I-, I think it ties uh, ties up this whole story really Absolutely. well. Absolutely, just the thought yep. process. So, um, I'm going to read the quote real quick. It says, 
he said, Jim Elliott said, uh, basically at one point in his life, he said, he is no fool who gives that which he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Yep. And John Chow did that, right? Exactly. I can't keep my life forever, my physical life forever, Mm -hmm. but, but the crown of life, the white robe, those are things he'll never lose for all eternity. Yeah. And then that's exactly what he did. He was an example to us about how we should be living our lives in the direction of wherever Christ leads us. Yep. I hope that this uh, podcast is encouraging to you. And I hope as you contemplate these truths about John, about Jim Elliott, um, it would encourage you to to be a faithful disciple of Jesus, to take up your cross daily yes. and follow after him and do the things he's commanded you to do, knowing that when you when you do what he says, you're showing Jesus that you love him. When we obey the Great Commission and the Great Commandment, we're showing Jesus that we love him. Yep. And so... Yep. Well, uh, thanks so much for being with us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. Tyler, I'm glad you're yeah. back. I yeah. missed you. I'm glad to be back. It was a few back. weeks, man. Yeah, it's good. Just I like glad. sitting across from you. I like seeing your Phoenix Suns hat. I know. It's I, encouraging to know there's real fans out there, even I, when they're horrible. I'm so proud of them, even though they're failing right now, but it's yeah, all right. Me too. Eventually. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. We hope so. But yeah, but that's good. But uh, anyways, thank you again for listening. Uh, and just, um, we hope that this podcast was an encouragement to you guys yes. uh, who, who are at home or driving in your car on your commute. Uh, just hope that wh- whatever you're doing, that you would take this uh, as an encouraging um, <clears throat> just uh, talk about what it's like to live a, a Christ-like um, lifestyle yeah. and just uh, take the example that John left us and um, absolutely and we, yeah. we want this podcast again we always say this every week exactly. we want to equip Christians to be able to defend their faith but also we want to equip you to be confident in your faith Yeah, to know why you believe what you believe and to go out and to live it um, the way Jesus has called us to Exactly. That's the goal of this. So thanks so much for listening. We are really uh, excited that, that people are finding value in, in these things that we're sharing. And honestly, it's Jesus. It's it's his word. It's the truth he's given us. It's the evidence he's left us. So we're just, uh, I don't know. I'm just privileged to be a part of this. Yeah, it's exciting. It really is. So thanks so much for being with us today. And we hope you have a great week. And we will be back next week with a new podcast on Christmas. Yep, Christmas time is here. Yep, it is. Well, thanks so much for listening again. And we'll catch you next week. See ya. You have been listening to Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast ministry of Desert Springs Community Church in Goodyear, Arizona. For more information, visit our website at dscchurch.com.